Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by Eli 825. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, busy week. Especially for you. Yeah, not just in the sports world. Congratulations. A new daddy, a second time. We we are going to have interns up the wazoo. That's the only reason you're excited that I'm having kids. Well, no. For you, it means extra people to mow the lawn, to help with the painting. That's what, yeah. Is is that how it works? Uh Uh-huh. Not yet. Now they they just make a mess. Yeah, right now he's just kind of crying. My wife's sending me pictures from the hospital. and And by the way, the reality of it is the ambition was that they help. But then once they become teenagers, they get a car and they disappear. Yeah, don't worry. My wife was the rock. Star. I didn't really do anything. I just showed up. So. Well, congratulations. And the baby is clearly the star of everything. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of hanging out and around. Uh, we'll get JP Della Camera on the air in a second, and we'll we'll talk a little soccer once we get him on. Got a full show of guests that we got going on today. Yeah. Can, can, can I uh, start with, with yeah, you start. cursing at you without using a curse word? Go ahead. Curse with curse right. at me without right. curse. So, so you seem so proud of yourself that, that fantasy, you know, you got me back into this fantasy nonsense. Now I'm doing fantasy baseball, and as much as I'm looking forward to it, I'm so confused. Okay, <laughs> and, and, and so, I really so wish I, that we had video from before the show started yeah. of you trying to figure out how you do keepers and set your lineup in fantasy. Yeah, baseball. but you're a league manager. You're supposed I'm not to a help league me manager. with this. I'm a participant. I mean, I'm excited to do this because th- these are people, that, at least a couple that I've known for a really long time. So I'm glad I'm doing this. But the explanation, and I, and I did tell him I didn't get permission. He didn't say, oh, he says simpler than it sounds. But um, <laughs> so it says if their contract says one, you keep them. And in that round, they become a two contract for 2020. If contract says two, they move two rounds higher for 2020 and become a three. If It goes on and on. So you, not that didn't clarify for you. No, it didn't clarify. So, and I know he, he did put it in legalese, so I should have understood it, but right? I don't. You're a lawyer. You got right. this stuff. So you now forget you're spending time with your family this week. You're growing family. You're gonna have to spend time at my place. Explaining to trying you to how explain to set this because lineup. this is on you. As you need to know how to set. Yeah, your lineup well, you now. wrote me into the football and then I won it. So now, now I'm, I'm in. So you're just right? gonna blame me for your fantasy obsession? Oh, I'll now. blame you for everything. I know you will. Yeah. We'll we'll let JP Delacarma join the conversation. JP, uh, Jeff is very upset with me that he's now into fantasy baseball and can't figure out is how there to set fantasy his team. soccer too. <laughs> oh, let's uh, get to Jeff. Jeff, I, I live in the real world. I've, I've never, I admit this to you, I've never done fantasy sports. And you're better for it. <laughs> Jeff is yeah, regretting I just, that I got him into the it. real world stuff. That's, that's all. That's all. I, I think it takes up so much time. You know, people are really committed to that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have friends that do the NFL stuff, and they really study it. It's, it's almost yeah. like a yeah. job. JP, no, instead, a job. instead of prepping for the show with me while we were in studio, he was sitting here trying to figure out how to who he keeps on his team. Yeah, we got nothing done. We got nothing. Give me a yellow. Give me a yellow card. That's please. right. Get there him out go. of here. So, so <laughs> you have a lot less time right now because uh, the season started. Yeah. So uh, this weekend, ironically, though, I'm off because that's a Fox game, and it's not a game that I'm calling. So I'll be watching late night from the east coast i think it starts at 10 30 against uh for me still the best team in, in major league soccer lafc so what did you see in last week's game obviously not the result the team was hoping for start on the road yeah. um what were your thoughts on the way the season started for the team well i saw a lot of rust to be honest but i saw that on both teams you know it was a, it was a first game so you expect that um i think the team the, on the good side, I think Andre Blake uh, showed some signs that 
that maybe this is going to be a better year than, than he had last year. I, I thought that was a good game for him despite, you know, conceding the couple of goals. He looked like uh, he did some things that reminded me of, of the Andre Blake from uh, – uh, 2018, 2017, and even 2016 when he was a goalkeeper of the year. So I, I like that. Uh, I thought Glessness showed me something playing at center back in place of Jack Elliott. And ironically, he was starting there because Jack had some visa issues and missed, I want to say, 12 days of training. Uh, otherwise, maybe, maybe Jacob doesn't play in that game. But but he looked good to me. Um, the area they struggled in, was the connection I thought, you know, from midfield to the forwards. I didn't see that connection. So uh, didn't see um, quality of passing, and that's part of the rust that I'm that I was talking about before. Uh, the connection between, let's say, Montero and Aronson up higher to Shabilko and Santos, and as a result of that, you know, maybe you guys can remember uh, it was a week ago, but I can't remember many quality chances, certainly the wrong target. I remember the Aronson shot that he created for himself that went wide of goal um, could have changed things had that been on target. Um, but there weren't that many good offensive opportunities. So at the end of the last season, we, you and I talked about Madunian and what a great passer he was. So is this something that they are going to miss throughout the season, or is there somebody on this team that's going to be able to replace that ability? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I understand why why Harris um, was not re-signed. You know, there's a combination of factors, you know, uh, salary for one, age for two, and, and the desire to have somebody quicker, faster at that position. But you can't deny the talents that Harris had. So I think that – and Harris was not the number 10 for the team. Realistically, if he was healthy – all year, Marco Fabian would have been in that spot all season, but he had a uh, an indifferent year, I guess uh, I would say. And then Aaron ended up playing the ten in some of these games. So I think that uh, one game one game shows me nothing really. I don't judge a season on one game, two or three. And if you remember last year, Union got off to a, a pretty rocky start. They lost that home game against Toronto. They lost their first two. They were winless in three, and then they won three straight. And then they were flirting with first place at a time last year in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, one game means means very little, if nothing, to me. And I think that I think this is still a work in progress. I, I don't know how much money is available, but there is cap space available for sure. There is roster space open for sure. So I don't think that this is going to be like the finished product. You know, I, I don't know when they will make additions to the team, whether it will come now during this window, whether it will come in the summer window. But I, I still believe that they're searching for a true number 10. I think Aronson could be a number 10 at some point, but he's still 19 years of age, and he's going to miss some time with Olympic qualifying and maybe with the senior national team. And it's tough to give the, the keys to the car, if you will, to a 19-year-old. Um, Montero, not really a true number 10 either. So I think they're, they're trying to make do. Uh, with the fact that they don't really have that guy at the moment. But one of the biggest losses for me when I look back at that game last weekend was, you know, how important Kai, Kai Wagner was to this team. And not that Real played badly because he didn't play badly, but um, I thought last year Wagner was certainly in the discussion, probably top three left backs in the entire league. And this was a, a, a rookie in his early 20s. And I think he was really missed. I think 
I think that's part of the connection, especially when you don't have right now a true number 10. A lot of the offense started on that left side with Wagner going up the wing and making that next pass, whether it was to a Madunian or to a Montero or, or somebody in the middle, and then Kai continuing his run, then it goes up to Shabilko. So I think Kai was very much a part of the offense, and he was certainly missing last week and, and might be missing for a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if he trained towards the end of this week, but I know that he had not trained a minute going into that last game. He's and dealing, with, he's dealing a with a minute, calf injury, correct? Yes. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, that's, that's what they're saying, yes. Uh, but when, when somebody hasn't played a minute of preseason, um, you notice that the union are not saying day-to-day. I mean, if you haven't played a minute of preseason, you're certainly not fit. So day-to-day is, is not, should not be in that equation, right? So could he play next week against San Jose? Um, I wouldn't be crossing my fingers on that unless, unless he's had a miraculous recovery and he's at, at full speed come Monday, and I haven't heard that. So we've talked about some of the guys who aren't there. For fans who aren't familiar, tell us a little about some of the additions that the team made in the offseason and who you have your eyes on as we get things going. Well, I think that the Glessness was a good addition. I, I think you, you can't have too many center backs. I know they have Aurelian Collin as one of the backups, but you know Mark McKenzie is going to miss time as well with Olympic qualifying and, and maybe with the senior national team as well. And, and what if the team does make it to the Olympics? Then you're going to miss more games as well, right? So you've got to have at least three center backs like that. So I think Glessness gives them some, some depth. He also gives them an option if they wanted to, if they ever wanted to play with three in the back and have three center backs, then you've got them with Glessness, uh, McKenzie, and Elliott. Um, the other signings were um, Jose Martinez, who's, who's he's not young, really. He's 25 years old, but he's not, um, he's not very experienced at a high level. He might be one of these guys, like a Wagner, that nobody really heard of that comes in and does well. But having said that, he didn't do well enough in preseason to start game one. And, and Matej Orovets is another player uh, similar uh, in that um, he's got some capabilities. He's younger, but he does have some capabilities in the midfield. However, the fact, again, that he wasn't starting, wasn't on the 18, and Martinez wasn't starting, um, they were going to start where Caval was, one of those, one of those players. So full credit to Warren Caval because he stepped up in preseason and earned that spot in game one. I don't, I don't know who's going to start game two on Sunday, but Warren earned that spot there. But I, I think that going into the season, the thought was that Oravets or Martinez would be in that spot, and they weren't. So I think it's a combination. Warren did well in preseason, and the other two guys did not do as well. Otherwise, they would have started. So how much are you looking forward to uh, calling the first game at the now-named Subaru Park? <laughs> how many names have they had? Only three, right? <laughs> right? I, thought, I thought PPL Park was great, right, because I got used to that. Uh-huh. And I don't think I ever slipped when they changed the name. And, and hopefully I don't slip I gonna, you know, here. I was going to say, how hard is that for you as an announcer when you're so yeah. used to saying, you It's know, only we're... bad, to be honest. It's only bad if it's a complicated name like what is the, the new name now for the galaxy home um, dignity health or something <laughs> that, that doesn't 
doesn't, doesn't roll off the tongue. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't pull like Home Depot or StubHub Center. You know what I mean? So when they change it to something like that, I, I like the small names like Toyota Stadium, Subaru Park. I think that's a nice one. I think that relationship with Subaru uh, actually is going to be fantastic because it's not just stadium rights, but it encompasses a lot of other things that both the union and, and Subaru as a company, as a corporation, believe in. So I, I think you'll see some great things from that new partnership. Does that mean there's going to be cars driving around with dogs in the back? <laughs> that, I, that I couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't you. say about that. But I think, I think the relationship um, will be good. They made a big deal out of it, as, as they should. Uh, and, and hopefully this is the start of a, a very long-term relationship. I think one of the things I'm more excited about, though, at home is that um, – Last year, they closed out in style. They did well at home. That became more of a fortress like it was in the earlier days when when the stands were packed and the fans really brought it as, as a 12th man. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to seeing the probably the last time I'll see as a player, Chris Wondolowski, because he said that this is his last year and the union only played him once this year. So unless I have a, a Fox game later where Wondolowski's playing, this is my last chance to see him in person and he is uh, the number one goal scorer in the history of major league soccer classy guy um, double digit goals i want to say in 11 straight years uh, wow. so so great and so consistent as well so um, so for people on the fence who haven't decided to, to come out to that to that opener um, might be your last chance to see one of the all-time greats in this league and how much are you looking forward to calling the game with tommy again Look at that. Uh, always looking forward to that. <laughs> always. Well, wasn't as much fun last week because the game itself wasn't wasn't really that good. You know, I don't think Dallas was that good either, to be honest. You know, it was a, it was a 2 nothing game, but you, you can see what, what players can do. Like this kid, this guy, not kid, he's 30-something. Andrasic, last year they brought him into the team. And when you look at his resume, you think, well, he's going to start for them, right? Well, not, not only did he not start, there were times he didn't make the 18, times where he played limited off the bench, times where he didn't play. He finally started at the end of the year, and he scored in like uh, he scored in his last seven games. This year he scored, I want to say, six times in the preseason, and now he scores in the first game. And he, he's really on his way. And it just goes to show you how some of these players, when they come to MLS, some of these guys hit the ground running, and they're fantastic right away. And others, it takes time. And for Andrasic, it took him probably three-quarters of the year to realize how FC Dallas wanted to play, as well as adjusting to you know, a new, new city, new culture, uh, new language, etc. cetera. Uh, it took him a long time. But now he, he looks fantastic. And FC Dallas has a guy that might be able to score, certainly should be able to score at least 15 goals and maybe as many as 20. So... Uh, that's why, like, one game, two games, three games, uh, even half a season, you don't know how these guys are going to develop. Kai Bogner, I thought, was terrific in his very first game, and no one expected that. I think everyone knew on the union how good he could be. I don't think anyone on the team would have predicted that he would have started right away, become a consistent starter, and become one of the best left backs in the league all in the space of one year. Well, we'll catch the game on Fox this week, and we'll look forward to you and Tommy getting a call next week. Uh, if Jeff and I are down at the stadium, we'll stop by and say hi. Always appreciate you giving us a little bit of time, and uh, sure, thanks anytime, so much, JP. Guys. Anytime, guys. Have a good weekend. Have a great one. 
Jeff, it's going to be rocking down there next weekend. I'm looking forward to the beginning of the season. I mean, I don't know if people expected what they got that last year, and I think that they should be oh, able to carry. Oh, they definitely didn't. Yeah, so I think they'll be able to carry over the momentum. The guys they got, I mean, the one thing that frustrates me about MLS is the constant loaning of players. So there's, there, I mean, imagine if the Phillies loaned out Bryce Harper or Reese Hoskins for, for, you know, a it's, couple weeks. It's, it's interesting. It's, he says, you know, Brendan Aronson and, and people to, and McKenzie for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the Olympics. Well, that's assuming stuff. there is an Olympics. Yeah. I, I mean, we're starting to get where there are stadiums where they are playing empty stadium games yeah, and I mean, they are not having spectators come to races and, you know, in Seattle last week at the XFL game, they, they had a vendor who now has the coronavirus. So Chicago we, State stopped their basketball, men's and women's basketball teams from playing the rest of the season. I right? mean, are we moving to, to that point? It seems uh, like they're... I mean, look, I'm far from a health look, expert. Look, I mean... I just try to wash my hands. You, but you, want, you want... I mean, we're not health experts, but I mean... I don't know what to do. I, I I don't know if it's an overreaction or if it's not an overreaction. I just have to trust the people that are talking. But it's, I mean, University of Washington just announced that the, all their classes are going online for the rest of the semester. I mean, look, it, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. They were giving advice to their players this week about still not going. shaking hands yeah. with, with fans. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, clearly leagues and teams are taking this seriously Mm -hmm. i'm just not sure at what point it reaches a critical mass and they decide okay you stay home and watch it on tv i'm not i'm not changing anything i do i mean look you know me i understand i'm kind of a germaphobe anyway so so i I already deal with that (laughs) but it's but like i went to new york last week i didn't cross my mind but it's just you know jp's talking about it and i kind of mouth to you if Mm -hmm. there is the olympics and like a couple of weeks ago, I, I may not have said that, uh-huh. but I mean, these are serious, you know, yes, you, you talk about it from the health standpoint, but the economy of sports and the impact on communities with games being canceled. Yeah, I heard the San, not the, going. The, the San Jose recommended not going to big public places and the Sharks said, no, we're still having our game. So it, there's this like tug back and forth going on now. But it definitely seems like something to watch as mm-hmm. we go forward a little Especially bit. Especially with the Olympics and the NCAA tournament. I mean, th- there were stories out that the NCAA was considering having a, the basketball tournament without anybody in the stands. Figures. The one-year Rutgers might make the tournament. <laughs> they wouldn't let any fans go. That's exactly how it'll work. Rutgers fans don't By travel By the way, did anyway. we get a signature win last week over Maryland? Did my program finally get a signature Congratulations, win? Congratulations. Did but, that but we don't have the fight song If Vito was here, I would have had the Rutgers fight song. Yeah, well, then people would actually know what the fight song was for the first time. They might know. Mm-hmm. We got the Michigan fight song for you. Let's get to a little basketball we all know what before, the Michigan's we fight to, song is. before we move to Flyers yeah. and talk to Charlie in a few minutes. Let's talk a little Sixers. Were you able to stay up for the West Coast games? <sighs> yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, especially with the way the team well, the only playing reason, the times. Only, Quite frankly, the only reason to stay up is to watch Shake, Shake, Shake just blossom. I mean, I mean, he has been lights out. What he did in that one game against the Clippers. I mean, it was points. against the Clippers. It wasn't points. against, you know, a poor team. When Ben comes back, yeah, is Shake your point guard? Does he, do they Wait, finally have? Am I, am I now coaching the team? Do, do I get to make these decisions? I know you have wanted a different <laughs> variation of yeah. this lineup, and part of the reason they haven't is because of yeah. Ben. And Ben wants to have the ball right, in his so, hand. So, so, so let but me, now you've got him out, and you've got Shake 
producing. Okay, but let me paint this picture for you. Okay, because okay. this is you know you look. You've had to listen to me over and over and over again. I love the way you put do that. This, you right? had to listen. Yeah, to so me. I I know for it's torture. That's yes. exactly the way they it can is. turn I it. They can turn it off if they don't want to listen. You're sitting here. You <laughs> have no stuck. choice, right? I am stuck. This this is the best possible situation if Ben does this because you have a, now an extra guy who can carry the ball up, which which gives Ben the opportunity to rest a little bit. But most important, what is the one thing the Sixers have been m- missing, which is spacing, right? So now you have a point guard that can shoot. I mean, he went f- five for five the other night. He he when he Look, gets he- on, he's on. So you have a guy, you have a perimeter guy which can space it out for Ben and Joel when they're both back, right? So you put Ben at the at the point power forward. Whatever you want to whatever he'll be happy calling it, call it that. But Ben can then move closer to inside where he can start slashing to the basket. Where and he gets all his, of his points anyway. Right, and it doesn't cre- it won't create clogging up the lane anymore. And then it also, by the way, moves Tobias to the outside. It, it creates the ideal situation. And if Josh Richardson comes back, you then have a much better starting five. You have Horford coming off of the bench. Until you, until they put Hell Neto at the point, and I lose my mind again. Well, Al Horford had a good game last night. Yeah. We've, we've, everybody's but been it's pretty, inconsistent. Cool, pretty critical of him. Well, because he's been inconsistent. He and has that's, been inconsistent. And, and that's what you don't expect from a guy that you just signed to an f- expensive four-year I'm contract. I'm just hoping he, does, he proves me not to be a total idiot, because I like the idea of bringing what? him in. Who? Al Horford. I like the idea of bringing him here before the season. It just hasn't worked. Oh no, I have I told you. This was this was this this could create problems for years to come. But right now, the question is can they get on track for this season? And this season, it it there's a chance that if Ben and Joel come back and there's there's talk about Joel possibly coming back as early as the middle of next week. For the Pistons, of course. Yeah, right. You know he doesn't want to miss that game against Andre uh-huh, Drummond. Right. He wants to be there for, for that fun back and forth. But the question is whether Simmons is going to come back. And if he co- and that's the other thing, by the way. If Simmons has some back issues, this will take some pressure off of his back being able to play closer to the basket. If they let him if, do it. Right. No, uh, no. No, this is not if they let him do it. This if he is, lets them this do is, it? Yeah, exactly. This is a question Isn't of that the players problem, though? dictating Isn't to Brett that Brown. The problem, though? Well, that's the NBA, right? Like that's Go the ask whole John Beeline. Issue, uh, but but the fact is, is Brett Brown has not shown any ability to dictate as as a coach. It's both. I mean, look at Eric Spolstra versus Brett Brown. What would this team be like if it had Spolstra and Pat Riley in the front Hopefully office? Hopefully, they'd run a play at the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's very frustrating um, to watch watch him sit owners, on the bench. Owners gone wild this week in the NBA. Mark Cuban <laughs> is, is that a new video? Mark, Mark Cuban fined five hundred thousand dollars for his complaints. Uh, Spike Lee in a fight with the Knicks owner. James Dolan now throwing people out for chanting "Sell the team." What, what is going on? Jeff? What is you know? Uh, He's I like don't. A, he's James known. Dolan is the, the wor- and that that includes Jerry Jones. And you James, were there last week. You were at MSG. Well, that was for the Rangers. Yes, but J- well, James, for the Flyers. Yes, the I was there for the Rangers Flyers game. Yes, James Dolan is the worst owner in professional sports. The fact that you have the most famous arena in the world, and it's the Knicks, and it's in New York, and they haven't won. Have they won in your lifetime? 
Literally. No, they haven't. They haven't. And he's one of, Spike Lee is one of the best known fans that they have out there, an ambassador for your team. Right. And now you've got him basically boycotting the team. And and he's not the first the guy that they've done this to. They've well, done it to some of their better players, too. Well, we'll leave it he's there. He's baffling. Can we talk a little hockey? We can talk a lot of hockey. Let's talk some streaking flyers. Charlie O'Connor. You and your streaking. Yeah, we're going streaking. Oh, Charlie, God. you don't have to join us. Charlie, Jeff, you might want to hang up now. Jeff, Jeff's, not, <laughs> Jeff's not going. It's okay. Um, <laughs> this is a fun team to watch, Charlie. Tell me what I'm seeing because it looks like i got some young players blossoming right before my eyes as I watch these games. I think you're just seeing a team really coming together as a whole because you're absolutely right. They have a lot of young guys. You know, Obviously, Carter Hart's the, the biggest name uh, in terms of – you know, maybe being the goalie uh, who uh, who could be the franchise guy that this organization has needed for years, but it goes beyond the young guys. You know, there's a lot of a lot of veterans on this team, uh, a lot of guys that have kind of uh, been through some rough years. You know, there's a reason why fans were really frustrated with this team, and, and I think sometimes they they took it out on guys like Claude Giroux, guys like Jake Voracek, and those guys might not be as great as they were four or five years ago, but they're still really good. And they're still, you know, the the core of this team. And what you're seeing now is you're seeing a team that's combining those guys who still have a fair amount left in the tank with the the next generation. And the, the whole team has come together. They're they're playing exactly the way that Elaine Vigneault, the new head coach, wants them to play. And you're just seeing a team that that other clubs are having real trouble dealing with. Well, this that's one of the interesting things about this team is is that you have this combination of veterans and youth. And if you go through like the stati- the statistics leaders goals, assists, points. You don't see any flyers at the top of any of those st- those categories. Yet somehow they're doing this. How is that? Well, I think part of it is just the philosophy of Elaine Vigneault. You know, really, especially in his time in New York, you know, he's placed a real emphasis upon balance and depth. He's not the kind of guy who's going who's gonna to play a, a forward, you know, 23, 24 minutes a game um, just, in, just to, uh, you know, try to maximize how many points he's going to get. You know, back when he, was, when he coached the Vancouver Canucks, the Sedins had a lot of points. But those Rangers teams, you know, it was pretty rare to see, a, to see a New York Rangers forward at the top of the scoring charts. But what they were able to do is they were able to roll three, four lines and just overwhelm you with depth. And I think that's part of the reason is just that the Flyers are so focused on balance, are so focused on kind of a next man up mentality that the, even their top scores aren't going to be, you know, finishing with a hundred points. It also just has to do with the fact that I think, you know, guys like Drew maybe aren't hundred point guys anymore, but the great thing about the way they're set up is that they have so much depth. They have guys like Travis Konechny stepping up. They have guys like Sean Couturier, who's in my mind turned into their best player uh, just all around in terms of what he brings to the table. Yeah, yeah, he's just such a smart player, and it's been it's been really fun to see him blossom over the years. But they've turned into a team where you know they don't need Claude Drew to score 100 points. They don't need Jake Voracek to score 80, 85 points. If those guys are providing you know 60, 70 points a year, the other guys can can pick up the slack a little bit, and they just have so many of them that now teams are just getting overwhelmed with just how many weapons they have to deal with. You talk about the next man up mentality. Saw it again this week. James Van Riemsdyk out with a broken hand. Uh, Shane Gossespierre still not really back in the lineup. Nolan Patrick still practicing, but not there. Can you talk about some of the guys that aren't on the ice right now and the impact and when we think they might be back? Yeah, you know, it's it's actually wild because the Flyers, I would argue their biggest strength this year has been their, their depth. 
And it's amazing to think how many players, how many very impactful players they don't have. You, know, you mentioned Nolan Patrick. Obviously, he's been battling the migraine disorder. If he, he might come back, he might not. But even if he does, he's missed the entire season. Who knows what he's going to be able to provide. You didn't even mention Oscar Limbaugh. No, who obviously that's the thing. I didn't even mention him. It's, yeah. It's and, and he's battling cancer. Obviously, he's out for the year, and we're all hoping for the best for him. But before he was diagnosed, he was having a breakout season. And you don't have him. You don't have Nolan Patrick. And this team still is stacked with depth. And it, it almost, I mean, obviously you, you wish that, you know, you wish that Oscar Lamont didn't have cancer. You wish that Nolan Patrick, you know, didn't have a migraine disorder. But, I mean, imagine how crazy deep this team would be if those guys could play. It, just because they're, they're already, like last night, they lose, they lose James Van Riemsdyk to injury uh, on Wednesday. And they go out there, and their bottom six scores three goals. You know, John Gattieria had the, the goal that clinched the game, but the Kevin Hayes line, which I thought had a really good game, they didn't score at all. It didn't matter because you had guys like Michael Roffel score. You had guys like Tyler Pitlick creating. You had guys like Derek Grant getting another, uh, another assist. You had Scott Lawton setting up plays. You just had guys down at the bottom of the lineup stepping up. And, you know, are these guys superstars? No, but they're making life miserable for other teams. And it's amazing that the Flyers have – the this this many good players considering the guys who they maybe should have had you know they don't have to deal with some really bad luck what do you what do you do with these guys that are that are on the verge like Gostaspear? do you bring him back in and where do you put him or do you sit there and say i don't want to mess with the formula that i have now same thing with somebody like morgan frost do you want to bring these guys and nolan patrick too do you want to develop them now or do you say you know what we're not in development stage. We have a chance to go far in this playoffs, and we don't want to mess with what the chemistry that we have. You know, I, I think it's the latter more than anything. Um, not even just from a chemistry standpoint, but just because you know this these guys have earned the right to stay in the lineup. Like I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a Robert Haig skeptic. He's a great guy. He's popular in the locker room, but he's a little limited in what he can do. But you know what? He's played well enough to stay in, and I, I don't think it would be fair to him to take him out of the lineup, even though Shane Goss' bear is healthy. And to, to Ghost's credit, you know, Ghost is obviously a proud player. He succeeded, you know, in this city. He's had some great years. We interviewed him last week, and he basically said, look, if I was the coach, I wouldn't put me in either. I obviously want to play. I want to be in there. But with the way these guys are rolling, I totally understand why he doesn't want to change the lineup. And, and that's, I think that's the right mentality to have. Obviously, a player wants to get in, but you also want to be a good teammate. You, you want to be supporting the guys who are playing well. And somebody like Robert Haig, he deserves to be in the lineup right now. This team's won eight straight games. He's played a role in that. Now, if the team goes through a little bit of a slump at some point before the end of the season, before the playoffs, then, yeah, maybe you start shaking things up. Maybe you see what Ghost can, Ghost can provide. He hasn't had a great year. He didn't have a great year even before the injury, so maybe he comes in and he's not that good and you go back to Hague. You know, maybe you try Morgan Frost stuff again. But right now, this particular group of guys is playing really well, and I don't know if you even have to try to you know, incorporate those guys in or at least try to force them in unless, you know, obviously they go through a little bit of a downturn and then maybe you want to give that infusion of talent. But in the here and now, I think this team's working the way it is and the guys who are in the lineup deserve to stay in the lineup. We talk a lot about Carter Hart. I want to give a little credit to the defense in front of him. Proveroff with another goal last night has 13 on the season. Uh, you've got Niskanen and Travis Sanheim each have eight goals. Can you talk about the defensive effort that this team is putting in in front of their goalie? 
it's been pretty fun to watch. And it's interesting, the the first half of the year, all, all season the Flyers have done a good job of, of preventing shots on goal. But I felt like in the first half of the year, their best defense was just having the puck all the time. You know, when they actually had to defend, they struggled. They, they gave up some high-quality chances. They were asking their goalies to bail them out a fair amount. I think in the second half of the season, what you've seen is that the Flyers are still controlling the puck as much as they did in the first half, but now the defense is better. Now these guys aren't giving up quality chances, and they're really making life a lot easier for someone like Carter Hart, who, as talented as he is, is still a 21-year-old goalie. You don't necessarily want him facing you know, 15 high-quality chances per game, like I think at times they were making him face in the first half of the year. So I think the defense has progressively improved to the point where now it's a legitimate strength. It's not just something where, well, they play good defense because they're not playing defense that much. Now they don't play defense that much, but when they have to, they're doing a good job at it. You have the good fortune of seeing Carter Hart from the beginning of this year to now. He is only 21 years old. Have you seen the confidence building in him? And do you see a a kid that can go into the playoffs and be the number one goalie right now? You know, I'll be totally honest with you. I haven't seen confidence growing in him, but that's just because he's always been confident. It's not something where I see a guy who, you know, the beginning of the year wasn't totally sure of himself and now is finding his footing. He's just a calm, confident kid. And I think he kind of hit the ground running with how he should feel in the NHL, maybe after the first you know, couple weeks of his, of his first year, which was, which was last year when he got called, in, called up midway through last season. He's just a unique kid in the sense that none of this seems to really phase him. Now, obviously, he's going to get better, or, or we all hope he's going to get better as he gets older and you know, learns you know, the finer points of technique, his body develops a little bit more. But in terms of approach, in terms of his mental approach to the game, and in terms of his mental approach to, we hope, the playoffs, it's not something I worry about too much because he just, he's just such a mentally strong kid. If I would have told you that the Flyers are tied with the Capitals for first place in the Metro with 15 games remaining in the season, you would tell me that I was what? <laughs> I, I'm started. assuming you mean, you know, Before if you, you told me that back in like September. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I would have, uh, you know, I, I would have been surprised. I wouldn't have been, I guess, totally blown away because I did believe this team had the talent. However, if you told me back in September that the Flyers – would not have Oscar Lindblom, would not have Nolan Patrick, and would be tied with the Washington Capitals for, for first place in the Metro, that would shock me. Because to me, those were guys who I thought if if the Flyers are going to be a great team, they were going to need guys like that to be great. And the fact that they've done it, you know, without Nolan Patrick since or without Oscar Lindblom since mid December, without Nolan Patrick, period, has been in my mind the, the most incredible part of this run. Well, they will look to make it nine in a row on Saturday against the Sabres. Always appreciate you giving us a little time, Charlie. Make sure that people follow you on Twitter and read your stuff in The Athletic. Thanks so much for a few minutes. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Have a great one. Jeff, it's starting to get loud in that building, which is what I've been complaining about all season on the air to the point where I'm annoying you now. I mean, separate from the annoying... Yeah, your normal annoyance? Yeah, Yeah, like there's the normal Uh way that I annoy you. Uh But then there's the regular crankiness of... Why aren't people going to the games? And last night's game. Fans have been snake bitten for so long, uh, thinking that this team was going to be able to perform more than it would. I, I think, look, Charlie's in the know, so he kind of knew what to expect. I, I think that most fans in this city did not see this coming. 
fair? You would have told me I was crazy. Oh, I, I, I'll now, tell look, you that right we now. We said, in fairness, yeah. we said since we started doing this show almost four years ago now, right. that until the Flyers had a goalie, nothing would change. They have one. They have one. They have a really good one. Who's now, only 21 years of age. You said something to me last week that I, I just wonder, is Ron Hextall going to be the Ed Wade of the Flyers? Yeah. Brought all these people in, didn't get to stay yeah, to well, see it come through. And no, but this is one of the, this happens a lot in sports. The, the guy who gets pushed out is the one that patiently develops the bottom of the organization. And it takes time. And by the way, it takes patience. Something. We don't have patience here in right, Philadelphia. That's Jeff. the problem. But, but we don't na- need no stinking now, patience. Now you're seeing not just that, that he drafted well enough to have some guys in the NHL. You have just rows and rows of guys. You have guys that you, this team is tied for first place with the Capitals right now, and you don't have in the lineup Morgan Frost yet. He's still down down on the farm. You don't have uh, Nolan Patrick, who was your first round pick, the second pick in the draft you last year. Oscar Lindblom. You don't have Oscar Lindblom. There are guys down there that can play up here. And and it is so much fun to see that even as these veterans go away over the next couple of years, you have the promise that there are people to replace them and get even better than they are now. Tell me about last weekend. You went to Madison Square Garden, saw the Flyers play the Rangers, saw the, saw Flyers, the Flyers jump out beat really the Rangers. early, and then the Rangers try and storm back. I'll tell you, most of the season, the team that I was most concerned with, if, if I was a team, if I was a leading team going into the playoffs, the team I would not want to play is the Rangers. The Rangers have a lot of firepower and they have a young, they also have a young goalie. They now had that, won nine in a row before they lost two to the Flyers. Yeah. Now part of the, part Sunday. of the problem is, is their young stud goalie got in a car accident. So he's been, he right before this, they lost Chris Kreider in the game two to a broken foot. That was yeah. a big loss for them. But, but Henrik uh, finally has hit the wall. I, I just don't think that he the did great not look Henrik like himself no on Sunday at and all. Looked the, very uncomfortable. By the that. way, I got to tell you, I had no idea the the love that exists for Elaine Vigneault in New York. Yeah, they, they honored they act- him and they honored Kevin Hayes, yeah. right? They did a nice job there. And there was a standing ovation for them. I, I don't think the Rangers won a Stanley Cup while he was there, did they? Oh, no. no. Don't ask me these so, questions So, so the I don't know what the – because he didn't win a Stanley Cup when he was with Vancouver either. And he had the Sedin brothers. I love watching hockey when the Flyers are good. I love watching hockey anyway. You know that. Yeah, but this is going to be this is going to be a fun beginning of the summer. It is. This team is not going, and, and there's no guarantee they even that make may the playoffs. be the best thing that happened to the Sixers, by the way, because if what? the Flyers were terrible, there'd be a lot more scrutiny on the Sixers. Oh, there's enough scrutiny on them. No, but there'd be even more, and you know it. Oh, yeah, there would be more. There just isn't enough attention to beat on both of them, and so the Flyers are good now, so it covers up a little bit of the— What, you're saying Philadelphians can't beat on two teams at once? I would never say anything like that. Let's talk a little Eagles speaking of beating on teams. Uh, Eagles going to let Jason Peters test free agency. You okay with that? More than okay with that. I thought so. I I think that he was a great offensive lineman who's been injured the last couple of years. You know, the body can only handle so much. Do you feel confident with Andre Dillard as your left tackle coming into that season? So you're so you're okay with them moving on. You're not sure about what the potential replacement is. Yeah, because I don't right think now. I don't think it's really moving on. I think Jason Peters is at the end of his career. Familiar face coming back to the organization. Marty Morningweg rejoining the staff as oh, a consultant. Oh, you must be thrilled. Not really. This <laughs> 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 does nothing for me. Um, How many times can we retread him? 
A uh, couple more. Well, is, is he like our Billy Martin? He keeps coming back. <laughs> you just can't get rid of him. Uh, Byron Jones, uh, free agent from Dallas. Eagles potentially looking to bring him in seventeen million a year. No, there is there is no way you're paying seventeen million a year for a defensive back. So you're not not that you're you not want to bring there. Deion Sanders back maybe, but you you can't for him really. So what's your reaction if they go there? Because apparently they are They're desperate. Is in that it. that that's what it means? They're desperate. the The defense has so many holes that I don't know if you can afford to do that kind of deal. And I know the salary cap's going up, but I don't. I just don't know if you can do that kind of deal. You went to New York to see the Flyers. Would you go to Mexico to see the Eagles? No. They have a twelve and a half percent chance of playing in Mexico next year because the Cardinals will have a nice home stat. game in Mexico. You know, I love finding. Can you fun bet stats. on that too? You can probably bet yeah. on just. You think about there's a anything. prop bet on whether the Eagles are going to the Mexico? The likelihood that the Eagles are going to go to Mexico. Yeah. Um. So you wouldn't. Make that trip? No. Sans coronavirus. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make the one to London. Why am I going to make the one to Mexico? Cheerio. Got to be good. Oh. All right. NFL news. Was, NFL? That, was that your attempt at an English accent? That's the best I got. The wow, NFL that was bad, see, Mr. Belvedere. I need my lawyer hat to be put on right now. For what? Okay. The NFL wants the Supreme Court to look into Sunday ticket for the regional broadcasting agreement. Right. They got a leg to stand on? Because I hate the regional blackout rule. I can't stand it. You go someplace, and it's like, this game's blacked out in your area, and it's like, why? That makes no sense. I can watch it everywhere else except for right here. Mm-hmm. I could actually be in my driveway, and I could have it on my phone and not be able to watch it if I'm on my home, not on my home network. Here's what I don't understand. Why does the NFL want them to look at it? I think they're trying to set a precedent against that package because it seems like they're going to blow up the package anyway. Well, well that's my point. Uh, the package is only good, I think, for another another season or two. That's what I don't understand. So well, by the time it gets to the Supreme Court, it's going to be over with anyway. And by the way, who put the rule in place? The NFL. Duh. <laughs> so so why are they going? Why are they wasting our money? I don't know. I was trying your to legal opinion, not your no. Because well, this is the practical opinion is the NFL wants somebody else to undo the screw up it did. That's what's going on. All right. Thank you. Do things right the first time. That's all I wanted. Was, okay. your, was your legal take on it? Well, that's my business take. That's on your it. business take yeah. on it. Tom Brady potentially going someplace. The Titans think he's going to them. You think maybe he's going to San Francisco. I I think that there is way too much smoke. Not there. there so you're not, not on fired. the Tom Brady returns to New England bandwagon anymore because you thought no. I was crazy all season. Why would if, if Tom Brady was going back to New England? Why hasn't it happened already? Well, he's testing the market. What what market is he testing? The market that will tell him how much money he can get if he's not in New England. He knows how much money he can get. Sure he does. It's it. That's not it. If you're Tom Brady at this point in your career, you're not going so you can get a couple extra shekels. It. it, it he's got enough money. He's going to go somewhere where he can win. So you think we're headed to a new era in the NFL? I. Th- well, it's not an era because it's only going to be a year or two. It will. Not I be think the Patriots. I think it'll be fascinating so if you, he goes you home. Have this, you think he's going to San Francisco and well, Garoppolo is going back to New England? He's a California boy. You think that that San Francisco's over Garoppolo? It makes total sense, doesn't then, it? It makes way too much sense that it won't happen. Well, why would New England have to do a trade or San Francisco have to do a trade? Can't they just sign him? They could, but they're I don't, trying to dump Garoppolo's I, that's what contract. I, I, that's what, what I think. think they're going to do. I think I think that what's going to happen is this will be the best for both worlds. You ready for a 17 game season? They're going to ratify the CBA. What's, it looks like. Okay, am I ready? What's the difference? 
just another week of football. It, no, it's right. an extra week of Thursday night Look football. At you. Jeff. No, see that's yes. Come on, Jeff. See why can't the players union the do Thursday something right? Why can't the players union say we'll do seventeen weeks? We just don't want For Thursdays. Our listeners, I'm not really serious about wanting more Thursday night football, but yes, Jeff you needs are. It so much. Well, sort of. Yes. I like <laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> I love it. I like watching football. Yeah. What did I say? Yeah. I can't help it. That's fine, but it doesn't need to be Thursday night football. Salary cap going up when all said and done, all 32 teams are expected to have $11.8 million more dollars oh, to spend. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're just, you're Mr. Happy today, aren't you? It's Friday. You ready to talk a little baseball? That'll I, make you happy. I am. All right. Pat McCarthy, there is a controversy that was started last week by Greg Caserta and Mike Ventola. Well, no, no, no. It was started by Pat himself. Uh, Jeff, why ahead. don't you explain what's going no, you on go here? Ahead. They they questioned whether you actually made a, a home run catch or a foul ball catch or it bounced last week at spring training. And we wanted to give you equal time to come on and respond to their slander. Well, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and welcome back. <laughs> Thank you so much. Great to talk to you guys. I. Uh, Although it may be perceived otherwise based on the video, <laughs> it did indeed hop off the bottom of the fence. Okay. All right. It's still a catch. Um, listen, you still have the ball, right? Still, I still had a high point that ball. <laughs> Look, um, your dad was definitely a proud papa on the air when he realized it was you catching it. <laughs> oh, I texted him right away. I'm like, did you see that? <laughs> um, no. So – before I even knew that like the video was going to come out, I I posted on Twitter that I might not be able to catch it when it comes into the broadcast booth, but I can pick it off the hop like with the best of them. So I don't know what Greg and Mike said, but I wasn't trying to hide anything. <laughs> they were just making now, sure that everybody when the video knew came about. Out, <laughs> right when the video came out, did I run with it? Maybe, <laughs> uh, but. Well, the other thing is, too, is is a lot of people thought that I meant by saying, like, it comes in the broadcast booth, I can't catch it. I was thinking about when my dad caught the home run ball, which I forgot about. I was 0 for 3 of balls coming into the broadcast booth this season with the Iron Pigs. We had three baseballs coming to the radio booth during the season, and I didn't catch a single one of them. Clearly, they need to move you to the outfield then. Wait wait a second. <laughs> you were a former ball player. You can't, okay. you can't miss those. Well, I know the answer. The first okay. one. The first one, I just wasn't paying attention. Uh, I was looking. Always down a bad phone. idea. Well, listen, millennials, we can call a game and text at the same time when we need to. Uh, hey, by the way, that's in, what Jason's in, doing right now. Exactly. Jeff hates it in when my, I multitask during the show. He wants me to be totally focused on what we're doing. Listen, we do what we got to do. Got to get it done. Boy, you're youngins. The second, the other two times that it happened, it was in Syracuse, and. It uh, the booth is about 25 feet long, and it came into the opposite side window. Oh, it was a so ricochet. It, it, I, it, it just so the way that lays out in Syracuse is I stood all the way to the far left, and our video guy was sitting all the way to the far right. And on back-to-back nights, it flew through his window. Ah, oh, gotta be there. Inc- yeah, listen, you know, wrong place, wrong, <laughs> wrong time. Place. The story but my, that story was my, my life, first man. ever foul ball that I caught no matter what. So, you know, even though it was off the bounce, um, I still have it. You All got right. the ball. All right, well, guess what? I got the ball. I looked to give it to a kid when, uh, when I first caught it, 
I was going to see if there was anybody around, but, but there wasn't anybody around. <laughs> oh, yeah, you couldn't have found a kid, huh? No, no kid there wasn't the a single kid in the entire ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. So, so you're getting to do something that we're not because Jason rudely decided to have a kid during spring training. Yeah. Which, uh, by right. the way, congratulations. I Thank mean, you. Thank you very much. I screwed up Jeff's travel plans. <laughs> he really wanted to hit spring training, but uh, so, I wasn't so, going. <laughs> so tell us, by the way, it's about 35 degrees and, and dreary and raining You're here. You're missing nothing. Yeah, so uh, what if oh, you, I what's back now? I believe I'm in now? Princeton right now. Yeah, he's back. Oh. He came back. He was there last week. Oh, I wouldn't have come back. I would have stayed. So what, have you, yeah, what did you see while you were the... down there? So I, I saw four games total. Um Three at Spectrum and then one uh, one down at Fort Myers. It was uh, but it was awesome. Hey, I you know I hadn't really spent time down there over the last couple of years because in college we were always playing over spring break, so I didn't ever get a chance to go down there. And then uh, two years ago I got down there briefly for one game, and then last year I couldn't make it down. Um, so a it was my first time getting a chance to call games down there, which was awesome. You know, working with Kevin Franzen and Greg Murphy was an awesome experience. Nice. Not, um, not oh. that it, not that it's any better than working with Ventola. <laughs> Look at you well, trying no, to start a, that's things. A, that's an out-of-body experience <laughs> uh, every single time it happens. Um, but it was a great experience to be down there. Um, the weather was perfect, even though it was actually a little chilly. It was only in the 60s. Uh, no sympathy. But, yeah, not um, – <laughs> Well, so I, the and the thing about it, what really made me appreciate it is, is I had to make a stop in St. Louis in the middle of my trip for basketball. So I left Tampa after a game when it was 80 degrees, landed in St. Louis when it was 23, and I was still in shorts. <laughs> and I'm like, this was a terrible decision. That didn't uh, sounds like a millennial. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeff. I couldn't change. Who had Jeff. time for that? Jeff, you're <laughs> aging yourself on the show. So what do you see with this early on in the se- in the spring training? What did you see with this Phillies team? Did you see a, a team that was confident with a new manager? Or do you see do you see a team that, that kind of doesn't know what its its character is going to be? What what did you see down there? Oh, I absolutely saw a team with an identity. I, I just think they're rallying around Joe Girardi right now. And, and I've told a bunch of people that – I've talked to about this when they've asked whether about like free agent signings and stuff like that. The additions that they made on that coaching staff were going to be bigger than any off-season acquisition that they could have made. What I saw from that team around Joe Girardi was just a team that had an identity, that had a team that knew which direction they were going in, and a team that was going to just play fundamental baseball. We saw a team not afraid to take risks in spring training, and the one thing that really stuck out to me was the game down in Fort Myers against the Red Sox. All the veterans were there. You know, Rio Muto made the trip. Kingery made the trip. Hoskins made the trip. And Pavetta was on the mound. And that was great that these guys are taking a three-hour overnight bus ride down to Fort Myers for spring training. The other thing I loved when I was at that game is, and it's a really small part of the game, and who knows how it's going to translate once the season starts, but two outs, Reese Hoskins is on second base. And he just takes off and steals third, which is against every cardinal rule of baseball, right? We're always <laughs> taught never make, the th- never make the third out at third. But it's spring training. So go and do it and let yourself make these mistakes or, you know, have success early on so that it translate. It ends up that Hoskins was safe. You know, he was probably out by a mile, but when he went to the slide, he kicked the ball free. 
And I think over the last couple of years, we saw a Phillies team that didn't necessarily show a ton of aggression, whether that's on the base paths, they're taking an extra base in the batter's box. You know, they're grinding out at bats, grinding out at bats. We saw a lot of standstill action. What I saw from the Phils in my week down in Clearwater was a ton of motion. And I think that's awesome. I think they're going to put the ball in play. I think they're going to run the bases. And I think we're going to see actual baseball rather than this standstill-style baseball that has seemed to be taking over the game. Like you, we enjoy watching spring training in the later innings to see the younger guys get in the game. What are you seeing out of some of the the names that you'll be seeing in Lehigh Valley and that'll be in Reading? We know Mickey Moniak came in much bigger than he's been in past years. What else are you seeing there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a couple of guys. I mean, some of the veteran guys that if they decide not to take their opt-outs to go down, I think they could make a big impact, whether that's, you know, a Phil Gosselin, a Logan Forsythe, you know, any of the, you know, Christian Bethencourt, these veteran guys that are on minor league deals that have opt-outs in their contracts they don't make the big league club but could come down to Lehigh Valley. I think that's going to play a huge impact. In terms of the younger guys, I've loved what I've seen from Ali Castillo so far. And, you know, Ali's a guy that's just constantly up from minor league camp as a numbers guy, and that's what he was in Lehigh Valley last season and ended up being the Pigs' offensive player of the year. Uh, when you looked at that starting lineup from last year, if you had told me at the beginning of the year that Ali Castillo was going to be the Pigs' offensive player of the year, I A, would have said who, because I'd never heard of him before, and B, would have thought no way on a team that had Dylan Cousins, had Mitch Walding, Lane Adams, Andrew Romine, Shane Robinson, all these guys that you know had long times in the big leagues and some of them had a world series ring said it was going to be Ali Castillo a guy that they just signed over from the Giants system that was going to be the pig's most consistent player the reason he came up to Lehigh Valley last year was just because the pigs in the Phillies organization needed numbers up there and he just never left because he hit played so well he's playing very well early on in spring training taking advantage of a similar opportunity of just they needed numbers they need guys from minor league camp to come up he's doing a great job uh, he was six of six to start uh, spring training, so always we've been back with the pigs. He's going to play a huge role. Uh, and some of the you know, younger guys that I really haven't seen outside of spring training that you know we're going to have a chance to see uh, in, in Lehigh Valley this season. You know, you mentioned a Mickey Moniak. I'm very excited to see Moniak. He's only 21 years old. We got to remember that. And I think he's just going to continue to get better as he continues to see pitching and gets into this higher level. So. Yeah, I think Moniac's going to have a big season. I'm excited to see. Hopefully, he starts the season in Lehigh Valley. Luke Williams is on an absolute tear. I know people loved him in Reading last season. He's off to a great start, uh, and hopefully, he's a big, you know, player for the Pigs this season. Austin Listy, I would expect to be back, a non-roster guy who just mashed a home run yesterday. So there's a ton of guys that might not necessarily be on a top 30 prospect list that, in my opinion, are going to be in AAA this year make an impact to AAA this year, and who knows, eventually might make an impact to Philadelphia. What about the possibility of having Spencer Howard? Uh, I just How exciting is that? You know, you hope he's healthy. And yeah, I saw that he threw a sim game on the backfields recently, so that's awesome to see. And you know, Who knows if Spencer's going to be ready for opening day or not? And frankly, is that the worst thing in the entire world? No, because then you get him for a stretch run, and then hopefully you get him in Philadelphia uh, in the midsummer. So, but I'm so excited to see Spencer Howard pitch. I have not seen him pitch live yet. So, I mean, how thrilling is that, to, you know, to get a legitimate number one pitching prospect uh, to Lehigh Valley this season? We're going to see him at some point. It's yeah. just whether he op- if he's healthy enough to open the season uh, with the Pigs or not. You'll love watching him pitch live. We got to see him pitch live a couple times last year. <laughs> you will enjoy that completely. No, I 
I'm sure I will. You, you know what? And to me, the great part about this is, is that in the last two weeks, we've had Mike on, Greg on, and Pat on, and just hearing their voices makes you I'm, think I'm baseball. ready for baseball. You're ready for baseball. So how how excited are you, Pat? Oh, I'm thrilled. It, it, it's one of those things where you kind of get entrenched in college basketball, so you kind of forget that baseball's coming up. Like, you know, I'm getting set to you know call a game at Princeton in a couple of hours, so my mind is still pretty much in college basketball mode. But getting down to spring training, it was just like that little like that little preview of what's to come in the summer. Uh, I, I'm thrilled, and I think I'll, it's just gonna as March continues, I'll get more and more excited for baseball season to get here. Uh, I kind of just as the weeks go on, I'm gonna start watching more games, start following more intently, and it, to me, it just means. Everything is better during baseball season. Weather's better. We agree. Attitudes are better. <laughs> people are happier. It, people are no question happier during baseball season. We agree. Granted, there could be some other reasons behind that, but in my opinion, I associate the summer with baseball. I'm going to have so, to talk some more basketball with you another time with my Rutgers team actually having a season to talk about. So uh, we'll, we'll oh. have to do that sometime. I'm going to have to. Coach Peichel's done an awesome job with them this season. It has been fun to watch. I'm going to have to leave it there because we got to get off in a minute. Pat, we look forward to catching you out at the games and look forward to hearing your call of everything that's going on. Thanks for giving us a couple of minutes. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Talk to you soon, man. Jeff, do you do you feel happy, warm baseball? I do. I mean, look, he's got a great announcing voice, doesn't he? He does. I mean, I mean, between the three guys that we've had on, then we now we have to have Kirsten on. We have and, to. And, and that's the voice of the And then we have the voice of the, of the upper minors. levels. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, hey, before, by the way, can, before we go, can we, can I get grumpy just for a second? <laughs> you were happy already. Uh, okay. <laughs> There's a team called the Charleston River Dogs. I and wanted to know if you saw this. How baffling is it that they had something related to O.J. Simpson's so trial? They released a schedule that they were going to have O.J. trial night that would offer a juicy new spin on the murder trial that yeah, happened seriously, years Seriously, ago. look, we're, we're blessed. I mean, uh, the guys at Reading and, and I mean, the, the, the team at Reading and Lehigh Valley are geniuses the way they market. This how, is not. <laughs> how, how could there have been a meeting about this and it made it out of the meeting room? This one missed the mark. You think? That's not, not going to do it. Any last thoughts, Jeff? No, that was it. That's all you got to <laughs> say? That wasn't grumpy. That was totally accurate. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.